Um, hello and welcome to night school today. I am very happy to say the least to have us back in this meeting uh, on a Thursday like this. Last week we couldn't have a usual meeting. Instead, we had a question and answer session. And uh, we couldn't continue with our series on the keys of the kingdom. Today, by the grace of God, in the next few minutes, we want to um, wrap up this series and uh, look at other keys in the kingdom of God that are important for us to operate. Of course, since the beginning of this meeting, we have been able to ascertain certain things. We have been able to determine that the kingdom of God is very different from the kingdom of heaven. And we have been look, able to look at uh, many keys of the kingdom. Praise God. And we considered the first key to be the word. And we have said that the master key is the knowledge of his will. The first key of the kingdom of God is his word. The second key is faith. The third key is love. The fourth key is knowledge. The fifth key that we have considered is the principle of sowing. Today we want to look at the sixth seventh and eighth key and they will stop there praise god today we look at the fifth i mean sixth rather seventh and eighth key to the keys of the kingdom now when we're talking about the keys of the kingdom we are looking at what opens the heavens or uh, what's a, the keys that open the kingdom of god what makes the kingdom of god operate the way it is supposed to operate praise god and if that is our emphasis we must understand that these keys that we are considering play important roles in the oppression of the kingdom of God that is in you. The sixth key, what I like to call divine direction. The sixth key is what I like to call divine direction. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For the sake of um, disruptions, I'll be reading all scriptures from my hand. Tonight, we're not going to be taking too long. We'll be closing the meeting in the next few minutes. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It says, let's start from verse 13. It says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. 
if you live after the flesh, you die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, it is important that we understand what the Bible is saying here. Because in John chapter 10, verse 10, the Lord Jesus said, The reason I came is so that you may have life and that you might have it abundantly. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 13 is saying, Even after you have received this life, if you live after the flesh, you die. But if you, through the Spirit, do modify the deeds of the body, it says, you will live. That's what it now says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So this means that being led by the Spirit of God, it's an important evidence of our sonship. It's important evidence of our relationship to the Father. And anyone that does not have a relationship with the Father cannot operate the kingdom of God. Are we together now? Anyone, if you do not have a relationship with the Father, it means that you are not a carrier of the kingdom of God. Praise God. And so if the, the Spirit being led by the Spirit is evidence that you are a son of God, then we must understand that there is need for us to receive this said Spirit. Now, notice the Bible said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, for as many as they that yield to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. As men. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. We've read Romans 8.14. Don't worry, I'll be reading no scriptures on my hand. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of the sin and death. Permit me to ask, what does the law of the Spirit of life mean? We've talked about this in the past. 
that the law of the spirit of life simply refers to living by faith. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 that now the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Please go. So, living by faith is a law. Living by faith is a law. And we have already considered in the past that living by faith is simply living by the instructions of God. Or say, living by the word of God. Now, notice. So, when the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Bible specifically is talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. Specifically. Being led by the Holy Spirit. But one thing we must understand is that the Holy Spirit will lead you according to the word of God. Praise God. That the Holy Spirit will lead you according to the word of God. In John chapter 14, from verse 26, the Lord Jesus said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he says, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever it is I have said to you, And in another part, he said, the Holy Spirit shall speak to you. He shall not speak of himself. He shall, this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. He said, he shall take of me and show it to you. Divine direction. If you do not know how to hear from God yet, you would find it difficult to operate the kingdom of God in you. There are some Christians, they are too spiritually deaf to hear from God. The spiritual senses are just dumb, numb. They've been too um, disobedient for so long that they can't just seem to hear the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to them. So notice and settle it. Being led by the Spirit of God is a key, an important key, because it guarantees that you are going to live. It guarantees that you are going to experience life. It guarantees that you will always be poor, you will always win. 
It guarantees that you will not experience condemnation. It guarantees that you will have victory in every phase of your life. It guarantees that you would live as a son of God. Being led by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So how exactly does the Spirit of God lead us? How exactly? Because if the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So how exactly? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. Hebrews 10 and verse 16. I'll read it from my hand. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. Whoa, we need to pick up the pace. Hebrews 10 and verse 16. It says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. The scripture is talking about a covenant. That God, a promise, rather, that God has made unto Israel long before the Lord Jesus came, but didn't come unto pass until the Holy Spirit came. Verse 15 says, Whereof the Holy Ghost is also a witness to us, for after he just he has said before, this is the confidence that I will make with them. I will put my laws into their hands. So listen to me now. The Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit. So you have to be sensitive enough to listen to your spirit. If you are born of God, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is speaking to your spirit. And instead of you waiting for God to show you in a dream or to receive a vision or to hear in your ears, literally, or to hear a sound per se, or to even wait for a prophecy from a prophet, the Holy Spirit is there in your spirit, speaking to your spirit. So if I were you the first place I would look for, when I need direction regarding anything, is to speak to the Holy Spirit inside of myself with the guarantee that is going to lead you according to the Word of God. You can be rest assured. Of course, sometimes you can be led by the Word of God directly. I mean, you can find an instruction in the Word of God, being led by the Holy Spirit, you might not know. All right? You can find an instruction directly in the Word of God and obey that instruction. 
and you're going to get the benefits or the promise that comes along with instruction. For example, you do not necessarily need the Holy Spirit to come and tell you again to continually walk in Christ the same way you received him. Why? Because Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 already says that. So anytime you're trying to, you know, live in Christ in another way, and you're genuinely seeking direction in this manner, the Holy Spirit can point you in that direction. Now go and read Colossians 2 6. Are we together now? What I'm saying this evening is that do not joke with the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, do not respond to your feelings or your calculations over the directions of the Holy Spirit. I, I think I've told us before, there were sometimes, many times, at some point where it would feel like God was not with me, I would just be feeling like that. And then PM, a miracle would happen. Or I'll be ministering somewhere and God will manifest himself. See, the direction of the Holy Ghost, the, the, the word of God does not respond to your feelings. The word of God is so, whether you feel the way that way or not. The word of God is true, whether you feel it is true or not. This is why you cannot rely on your feelings. You cannot rely on your studies, per se. You cannot rely on your mind. But you can rely on one person, and that is the Holy Spirit. You can depend on the Holy Spirit. So make it a habit of having a conversation with the Holy Spirit every time you need direction. Make it a habit. Are we together now? Make it a habit. Tell somebody, make it a habit. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. If this key is missing, many of the other keys we've talked about would not work. Many of them. In fact, it is the Holy Spirit that will lead you to using the key of knowledge, faith, the word of God, sowing, even prayer. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit or helped by the Holy Spirit in order to pray effectively. Many of our praying is done individually based on our strength, and this is why they are not effective. The Bible calls, the Lord Jesus called the Holy Ghost our comforter, our helper, our standby, our intercessor, our counselor is a person is right there in you and is waiting for you to cooperate with him.
And so, if you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, there is just more of God waiting for you to experience. But praise God, if you've been baptized and you have received the Holy Ghost already, you need to learn to partner with Him. You need to learn to be led by Him. Because until you are able to do this, you will not really be able to live. That's key number six. Divine direction. I've told us before, divine direction will lead to faith, will lead to the manifestation of love, will lead to the proper use of the world, will lead to the understanding of sowing, the principles of giving, would even lead to the manifestations of the gift of the Spirit. Because I must say this, the manifestations of the Spirit is another important key. But time and power would not allow us to dwell on them. The manifestation of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12 or second Corinthians chapter 12. Let's just read the scripture then on that. Let's make that key number seven. Manifestation of the spirit. Key number seven. Manifestation of the spirit. Let's look at first Corinthians chapter 12. From verse 7. This is now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. I will not have you ignorant. You can read the entire chapter when you're free. I just want to make a statement on them because I have less than 10 minutes to spend here now. Now, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. It didn't say it's given to some men under certain conditions. No. Every man has received the manifestation of the Spirit. And what are these manifestations of the Spirit the Bible is talking about? It refers to the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Starting from next week, by the grace of God, we're going to start a study notes on the Holy Ghost and His gifts. I think you should be excited for that. gifts are there for you to profit with. So if you're a believer and you're yet to be manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, despite the fact that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, there's more work for you to do. Praise God. That's key number seven. Manifestation of the Spirit. There is no point to being a Christian without manifesting God. Without experiencing the fullness of God, there is no point. We didn't just become saved just so we could go to heaven and make heaven. No. Jesus made it clear. He came so that we may have life and reproduce it. And introduce this life to others because this life is the light of man. Praise God. 
So we must understand. We have to manifest. Key number eight, diligence. Praise God. Key number eight, diligence. This is so important for every believer in Christ. In fact, first Peter chapter one. I mean second Peter chapter one, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter one. Let's start from verse five. Now, do not forget, if you read from verse four, it says it has we have received exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lost. Now, it says, beside these promises, beside these promises, giving all diligence. Now, diligence is doing the right thing at the right time, regardless of the circumstances. Diligence is doing what you're supposed to do at the time you're supposed to do it, to the level you're supposed to do it, regardless of the circumstances. The Bible says, besides these promises, giving all diligence. Because what these promises we give to you is faith. When you engage these promises, you have faith. He says, beside these promises, once you have them and you have faith, he says, giving all diligence, because if you are diligent enough, then you will be able to add virtue, that is manifestations, to your faith. And Hebrews 11, 6 says that God, he says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't seek God on and off. You can watch a few videos online and feel like your prayer life is down, and then pray for about a week, and then you are called again for the next one year. You are just choking. Diligence. Consistently growing in the place of prayer, in the place of studying the word, in the place of communication with the Holy Spirit, consistently growing in your Christian life. Not on and off. Not remembering God when you have challenges. Diligence. It is, it is more important than consistency. Diligence. It makes all the difference between an epileptic Christian and a Christian that's experiencing the fullness of God. Being diligent in the things of God. In fact, being diligent in your own life, it is a key. Do not miss this key. Praise God. Praise God. Key number nine. Or key number eight now. 
prayer. This is the last key for today. In one of his instructions for the disciples, Lord Jesus said something very remarkable. He said, ask, and it shall be given unto you, that your joy may be full. Praise God. He said, ask. In John chapter 14 and verse 13, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. He says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. In, in another verse, he said, in that day, you shall not ask me anything. But you shall ask the Father in my name that your joy may be full. Prayer is a very important key in, the king, in operating the kingdom of God. Why? Because it gives us access into making demands We make demands with prayer. Praise God. Intercede through prayer. We pray supernaturally through prayer. In fact, praying in tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. So when I say prayer now, I mean all kinds of prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9, the Lord Jesus said, Ask, and you will receive. He then went on to say, Everyone that asks will receive. Prayer is so important to the life of a believer that if you know how to wield the key of prayer well, it will open the specific doors that it can open. See, prayer may not be able to open every door in the kingdom of God, but the doors that prayer can open, prayer opens it well. Is somebody listening to me now? The doors that prayer can open, prayer opens it well. Praying, even not praying in tongues now, it gives you access into the supernatural that you can control things by the help of the Holy Ghost in situations, in areas where you don't know. Somebody could be in another city, thousands of miles from you, and you're led by the Spirit to pray for that person in the Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit, you don't know what a person is going through, but it is solved. It grants us access into getting results that would have otherwise been impossible. Pray. It is so important. Ephesians chapter 6. That's the last scripture for tonight. Ephesians 6. Verse 18. It says, Praying always with all prayer 
and supplication in the spirit. Now, pay attention to the scripture very well. Time will not allow us to look at it very well. It says, praying always with all prayer. What this means is that there is not just one kind of prayer. There are many kinds of prayer. Praise God. There are many kinds of prayer. Many kinds. And by many kinds, we mean that the different types of prayer. And so since there are different types of prayer, there are different rules for these kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of commitment, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of praise and worship, praying in tongues, the different kinds of prayer, the prayer of intercession, different kinds of prayer. And each of these praying as specific rules that governs them don't worry about the grace of god from this sunday all sundays in july is dedicated to teachings on prayer we're having a media conference and it's going to be centered on adventures and prayer it says praying always we all pray and supplication in the spirit so your supplication is to be done in the spirit how are you doing your supplications why do we supplicate in the spirit because likewise the spirit helped our infirmities because we know not how to pray when we don't pray in the spirit that is what we don't do our supplications in the spirit we tend to pray according to how we feel. And when we pray according to how we feel, we have missed it. So it is better to supplicate in the spirit. Because then you will pray according to the will of God. Praise God. This is the last key we're going to be considering today in the kingdom of God. I must repeat that for us. The most important key, or say the master key, is the knowledge of his will. The second key, which is number one key now, is the word. Number two, faith. Number three, love. Number four, knowledge. Number five, sowing. Number six, divine direction. Number seven, manifestation of the spirit. Number eight, diligence. And key number nine, prayer. These keys are very important for your experience as a child of God. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the grace to be able to operate these keys as manifested in your life in the name of Jesus. It is important that we understand these keys. Very important. Learn more about them. Learn to operate them. Begin to use them. And you get more results.